Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, based on wherever you are across the world, Scott Lude and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I'm doing well, and we're going to actually have someone on the show who is spending their evening with us. How about that? You're right. And birthday Eve. Yes, birthday Eve with us. So on today's show, right. it's the supply chain buzz where we share some of the leading stories across global business, as well as some of the biggest movers and shakers out there making it happen today. We've got two special guests joining us momentarily, as Greg has foreshadowed, Maureen Wolschlager and, and Kim Winter, uh, two of our favorites. We're going to be discussing a variety of topics and initiatives here today, so buckle up and get ready because we want to hear from you as well. All right, Greg, before we dive in, uh, we've got some announcements. We've got, we're going to say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to have our guests uh, join us um, uh, here just in a few minutes. Give me one highlight, one highlight from your weekend? Uh, wow. Well, we did, uh, my wife and I did a lot of driving around in the convertible this weekend. <laughs> so the weather was perfect for it. I mean, perfect. Sun was out, temperature not too hot. You know, it was just, it was great. That was my highlight, spending the afternoon driving around with her. Where's the pictures? Pictures that didn't happen, man. We got to get I know, them. you're right. Well, she's got pictures. She okay. does have pictures. I'll have, I'll have her post one. <laughs> okay, wonderful. All right. Well, here in the Luton household, we got our uh, jump start finally. Not necessarily jump start, but we got uh, the garden is in full swing. And okay. our three kids, we've been putting them to work. We, I bet we hauled, I bet we did about 30 or maybe 40 uh, 20-pound bags, I think it is, of mulch as we look to rework the backyard and landscape, which I know you highly value and covet. Uh, yep, but pictures are coming. Pictures are coming. Are, are they good? <laughs> good. All right. A yard with well-defined, like planting beds, looks fantastic. Uh, so uh, somebody posted on LinkedIn over the weekend their work on their yard, and I thought that looks outstanding. I was thinking, what the heck does that have to do with work? But <laughs> I mean, it it was it was uplifting. Yeah, well, outstanding. Well, you know, green thumbs are also in short supply these days. Uh, the shelves are empty when it comes like to green all thumbs. thumbs. Yes, no kidding. But uh, regardless, uh, let's see here. Let's share a couple of quick announcements. We have a wonderful conversation teed up here today with two of our favorites, uh, Maureen and Kim, will be joining us momentarily. Um, you know, we've also partnered with Maureen and Kim and their respective organizations on the 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards. It's coming up right around the corner, May 18th. You can learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com or find the link uh, that we'll drop probably in the comments for the LinkedIn version of the live stream uh, as we announce all the winners. Greg, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be fun to finally make the reveal, right? Yeah, it is. And it's going to be thousands and thousands of your closest supply chain colleagues, apparently, because the count of registrants continues up. I hope there's not a cap on the number of registrants we can have for this, Scott. It, right? It, it, seriously. I hope we don't break the internet. But hey, you know, regardless, it's the good news there is we're celebrating global success and we're uh, celebrating, lifting up, supporting, making more aware 
the nonprofit Hope for Justice's noble mission they're on as right. they seek to eradicate modern slavery and human trafficking. So join us for that May 18th. Links in the comments. Uh, Greg, as we uh, pivot to pay the bills a little bit, May 10th, 12 noon, uh, we're partnering with Six River Systems on a live webinar, How to Solve Three Common Peak Season Challenges. Greg, if you had to name one, we'll be speaking about, what do you think? Uh, lead time is the number one peak season challenge. I mean, it has to be, right? It has been for the last two years. Actually, it always has been, but so much so since the seismic societal dis disruption created by the pandemic. And, and now with Shanghai, for as much as we talk about reshoring, most everyone is still using uh, China predominantly and certainly the Far East as so for sourcing. So as we talk about what's going on in China, uh, man, I'm not sure you can be far enough ahead of the curve, right? Excellent point. Excellent point. Y'all join us May 10th at 12 noon Eastern time. Free to join. The link's in the comments. Also, uh, newly scheduled live webinar on May 24th. Now, this is cool. Uh, this is an opportunity uh, to kind of uh, benchmark how your organization and operation is doing, your warehouse is doing. We're going to be talking about the 10, the top 10 competencies that make up best-in-class warehouses. Now, Greg, mm. this is going to be chock full. This probably should be like a, I don't know, a 12-hour webinar, but we're going to knock it out an hour, aren't we? Wow. That's, uh, Scott, that's six minutes per thing. Plus, <laughs> you got to take off two or three minutes on the beginning and end. So, it's like well, you, five minutes <laughs> well, per thing. So, listen up and listen quick. Yes. Well, that's, that is, that is as you, in usual fashion, that is awesome. And on the money, instant analysis from one, 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 the one only Greg White. However, our our approach will be is there. There's going to be some some common competencies, right? That we're going to hit on quick, and then we're going to get to the nitty gritty that really separates nice. best in class from folks that just make it happen. So y'all check that out May 24th with, of course, our dear friends from Ship Shiphawk and a few new ones. Uh, May 24th at 12 noon, and let's see here. Uh, we're going to share one other event when our uh, guest joins us as we talk leveraging logistics uh, for Ukraine here in just a minute as we uh, bring on Maureen and Kim. Before we do, Greg, let's say hello to just a few folks. Yeah. Uh, Benson Vincent is tuned in via LinkedIn. Says, uh says it's good to join you guys. I hope to learn more from your presentation. Benson, you're in the right place. If you love supply chain, you love giving forward, doing good and making it happen. And you love meeting some of the folks that are doing all those things. You're in the right place. But but let us know where you're tuned in from, uh, Benson. We love to connect the dots across the globe, right? Yeah. Dig that name, too. I mean, uh, say that three times fast. <laughs> right? Right. That is. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet he, like a lot of people, gets a, can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We've got love a it. port name. We've got a port name we're going to be uh, talking about yeah, in right. a minute that Everyone's I couldn't get right. asking the question on that one. Right. <laughs> Fod, great to see you once again via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're, you're dialed in from and look forward to your perspective here today. T-squared, lead time and safety stock. I think he's speaking to uh, peak season challenges, Greg. Yeah, N safety stock, a new concept for manufacturers and brands, apparently. <laughs> Seems like it. Uh, Greg, Greg, great, uh, great, great to have Greg back. Try to say that's 10 times see? fast. Um, <laughs> All, there are always words to trip you up. Well, I think there's three times as many that trip me up than anyone else here, uh, Greg. <laughs> but know. 
Greg, great to have you tuned in once again from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We've enjoyed your perspective on previous live streams, and great to have you back here today. Uh, Mike DeWerf, greetings from Birmingham, Alabama, via LinkedIn. Mike, great to have you. Uh, and Benson, ask and you shall receive. He's joining oh, from man. Eden, uh, Beautiful. Eden, Edinburgh? Edinburgh. 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 Ed- Edinburgh. See? Yeah. Time and time again. to be a Scott lad. <laughs> well, Benson, great to have you here today. Um, okay, so Gregory, are we ready to introduce two of our dear friends, two of the movers and shakers out there making it happen? Yeah, uh, two of our can't faves. Wait to see what's going on around the world. Yeah. Uh, well, hang on. Late breaking announcement. Uh, Yvonne is tuned in, right? <laughs> Greg, uh, Kavan, you're getting a demerit from Greg. Did you see that? <laughs> no, all kidding aside, great to have you as always, Kavan. Okay, yeah. let's welcome in, make a formal uh, introduction here. We, we want to welcome in Maureen Walschlager, Director of Business Development Strategic Accounts with our dear friends at Vector Global Logistics, and Kim Winner, Group Managing Director for the Logistics Executive Group. Hey, Maureen. Hey, Kim. How are we doing today? Hey, guys. How are you doing? We are doing wonderful, Maureen. Yeah, welcome Kim, aboard. how are you doing? You're on mute, Kim. <laughs> it's almost Kim's birthday, everybody. Be patient oh. with him. Right. Yeah, right. Cut him some slack. He's at the beach, and it's almost it's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. And Fad, who is just joining us before, wherever you are in the world, it looks like you may be here with me in the Middle East. Uh, so a special day here today, uh, Eid al-Fitr which is the first day of breaking the feast of the holy month of Ramadan. Right. So we're on Eid holiday here for as a week off for everybody, all the folks here in, in the world of Islam right around the world. Well, I really appreciate you bringing that to our attention. So I, I, yeah. uh, Aid Mubarak to you and your family, uh, Kim Winter, and to Fall and, and all the folks are celebrating this special day, this special time of year. So thanks so much for bringing that to our attention. And we should say um, happy pre-birthday to our dear friend Kim Winter. So thanks for joining us on this special yeah. day times two, it seems Just like. Just moments away now, right, from <laughs> your birthday. Away. In fact, uh, I bet in Dubai they celebrate a ball drop oh. for Kim Winter's uh, birthday. You know, kind of like the peach <laughs> drop in Georgia and uh, something little little event in New York City. Kim, is that right? They drop a kiwi is what they drop. We have the tallest building in the world here. So right. Only be That'd be a long drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... So now that we've shared a little bit about Kim, uh, Maureen, uh, we love our repeat guests. Of course, you're one of our faves. You, Thanks, you appeared yeah. on some of our earliest episodes. So what have you and your family been up to in, in the Raleigh area as, we, as we're really been enjoying a beautiful spring in the southeastern U.S.? It has been beautiful out. We've been trying to spend as much time as we can outside, to be honest. My kids are finishing up some spring sports, so my husband and I are getting that fatigue of taking everybody in different directions every night and just have want to have a couple nights where we don't have to kind of zoom out right around 530. Um, but yeah, we've been spending a lot of time outside and my kids are actually picking up a couple new sports. So we've just been practicing with them. My daughter's picking up golf. And so Whoa. we're trying to um, encourage that. We live, we rent a house on a golf course. So it's pretty, it's pretty late in the game for us to try this because we've lived here for a couple of years. Um, but, but she really likes it. We're just trying to make sure nobody breaks any windows right now. Cause my son uh, kicked a soccer ball right here in the window, right next to where my desk is. So, um, 
<laughs> man, maybe he's going to go on and play for uh, uh, Tottenham. Uh, Greg, well, you know, there he we actually go. plays hockey, and so it's better than a hockey ball. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, we're trying to keep, we're trying to, you know, focus all the kicking and punting like in the direction away from the house. But um, but yeah, we're trying to spend a lot of time outside. So awesome. yeah, enjoy the nice weather. Awesome, it Great. has been gorgeous. Well, Greg, I'm coming to you for an update on the index in just a second, but really quick. All right, uh, Sylvia Judy is with us, and she, I think, all of us are big I'm fans of Sylvia for it. No kidding. Stopping in for just a minute. She says, hello, Maureen. And then uh, Quincy tuned in from Zimbabwe in Africa. Great to have you here with us, Quincy, via LinkedIn. Okay. So, Greg, speaking of the Hilton Head, logistics and transportation, uh, global supply chain, uh, do doers, movers, and shakers index, whatever else we want to add to that, what is the latest? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, off of Hilton Head, waiting for, to enter the port of Savannah, are seven ships today, one oil tanker and six freighters. But the big news today, seriously, is outside of Charleston, which if folks have been following the index, even informally, has been up around 28 to 32 ships at various times. Also, only seven ships waiting outside the port of Charleston. So uh, everyone is making headway except Shanghai, right, Kim? Uh, right, Craig. <laughs> so, so it's a car park up there. It's a car park. Yeah, it is. That's right. Um, somebody somebody sent, uh, uh, posted something with all of the ships that are waiting and approaching Shanghai and departing Shanghai, which are very few these days. And it is, uh, it does. It looks like... Uh, I don't know what it looks like. A bunch of green dots is what it looks like. Well, uh, challenges abound, undoubtedly. Uh, and I want to, but, but you know, the cool thing and beyond cool, the real uplifting and insp inspiring thing is that global supply chain is uniquely suited to do something about some of the greatest challenges that, that we as a global industry and global business and gl global community are all uh, working through now. And I want to start with uh, a, pro a project initiative, a movement that all four of us are very familiar with. And Maureen, we're very grateful uh, for you and Vector Global Logistics and your partnership, but more importantly, your action uh, to do something about um, all the, the, the immense need in Ukraine and beyond. So I want to start with um, leveraging logistics for Ukraine. Uh, this this initiative that's, that's probably a couple months old, um, uh, but you know, it's not just a movement. There's been so much action. We're talking containers already moved, uh, addressing vetted needs with folks who have the right resources. We've had supply chain pros step in and find a way to get it moved. So, so much going on. But but to level set initially, Maureen, what's going on? What is it? And uh, what's some market intel that folks really need to know about? Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, a lot of you have been on the call. You know, a lot of people chiming in today. I know Kim has been on a bunch of times and you guys were. Um, Vector is just hosting a weekly call um, and getting people from all over the world to participate. So we're getting rep, um, agents from all over the world, especially like in Europe and, and Eastern Europe. And we're getting... Um, shippers in the U.S. who have product to donate. We're getting um, representatives from like the embassies and other kind of nonprofit humanitarian aid organizations. And while Vector, we are a forwarder, um, we're small. So we're trying to sponsor 
like on her own dime, a couple containers a month. We the the purpose of getting everybody together is really just to do some matchmaking. So we have, for example, like Matter and Performance Health, two very wonderful organizations. One does more nonprofit work. One, you know, the icy hot packs and things you guys buy at Walmart. They're one of our customers. And they have like hundreds of pallets of stuff to donate, mm. but they don't know who to get it, how to get it there. I mean, they can call us, but then as everybody on the call probably knows, you just don't put a container on the water and ship it without anybody receiving it. And how's it going to be distributed and things like that. So what we're trying to do is, kind of make connections. We're like trying to be matchmakers of you have product to donate. You have a need, whether you're an NGO or a nonprofit or a government organization, we can help with the logistics of it. We're able to, we're partnered with Hepeg Lloyd, who's offered to give us containers at cost going from uh, the U S to Europe for this initiative, which is great. Um, we've been able to work with Swan and a couple other um, trucking companies to offer drayage at their cost, specifically for these loads going to um, Europe and Eastern Europe and, you know, for goods intended for the humanitarian effort. Um, and so basically the point of the call is we've had people from all different walks of life join us. Um, and and the, we just are really trying to make connections and help facilitate that. So we don't, there's no real, ben, there's no like, let's say, um, selfish benefit for uh, for a vector there. It's that you have something you want to donate, you have something you need. We can help arrange logistics or we can help point you in the direction of somebody who, who you want to do it. It doesn't have to be us, but really just working towards that um, because I think everybody wants to try and help in their own way, but um, everybody's ways of contributing are different. And so we're just trying to help with that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm, if I can, uh, so Kim, yeah. I, know, I know you've been supporting uh, the initiative and, and some other organizations. We're going to give those a shout out in just a second. But for our audience, to, to make it as simple in, in this really vastly complex situation, a heartbreaking situation, to make it as simple and to echo what Maureen's sharing, um, join a, a focused session, a weekly session. It used to be Wednesday at 3 p.m., we've moved that standing weekly session to Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time to make it more of a global, make it more convenient for folks across the globe. Uh, and join the conversation. Join in to just soak up uh, the conversation. You'll hear people from uh, from there in Ukraine, in Poland. You hear folks that Marine is, is describing. Folks are doing something about it. But whatever it is, join us. And to register, you can use the link in the comments. Uh, Maureen, really quick. Some of the needs you, you've already spoken to, and and, and you have already been moving uh, several um, uh, containers uh, across the ocean to address these needs. What are some common items, or maybe what are the the most yeah. requested items you're seeing? Um, we're most requested items really medical supplies. Um, also, there's been a bunch of requests for like protective gear, like helmets or armor. Um, we put some organizations in touch with some suppliers of that sort of material, but um, if anybody else has some connections that might know of that, or at least um, kind of at a more like discounted rate, that'd be great. Um, some dried or shelf-stable food were, is also a need. The medical supplies is consistently something that comes up. If you think, I think I last read 5 million people have been displaced and, you know, there's clinics that are being set up everywhere. There, there's, there's needs for all sorts of medical supplies, not just, you know, 
x-ray machines or sonogram machines, you know, basic supplies. Um, and then I wrote down that. And then the, the other things that, that we're looking for is if you have a donation of a product, we're working with a company, for example, that had um, it, water filters that they just started making and they're really small. You don't have, to, if you have product that you want to donate and it's not like an entire container's worth, reach out because we are consolidating material in Atlanta um, with our um, one of our warehouse partners at Books for Africa has offered their warehouse space for free. They're going to throw in a bunch of children's books when we get a full container and we're going to cover that. Um, so it doesn't have to be 20 pallets or more. If you just have one pallet, um, a product that you think um, would work, let, let me know. Um, you can reach out to us at Ukraine at VectorGL.com. As you can see, my name's super long, so I won't make you guess what my email address is. Um, but, but those are the main things. And then, and look, if you don't have goods um, um, and you don't know a consignee, but you want to help in another way, we're always looking for people to help sponsor some of these shipments because they are going to organizations that don't necessarily have endless funds. Um, and while the product is donated, there still are shipping costs and other things um, at origin and destination that we could always use some assistance with. So, Again, any help is is appreciated. So reach out if you have questions and, you know, we'll just love to have you on the call. Um, you don't even have to come on video and we won't call you out. So <laughs> okay. you know, we're group, but, but um, sometimes we, we max the call at one hour for the sake of everyone's time. And I think last week it was like 45 minutes, but sometimes we're trying to close up shop right at, you know, 59 minutes just to make sure those that attend know this isn't going to be, it's not like a working group session all, all day. So Wonderful. we'd love to see you guys there. Come, come join the, uh, the community behind the effort for sure. Really quick. Yeah. Uh, Majesty, welcome in from uh, India via LinkedIn. Hey, the one and only Gene Pledger from Northern Alabama is tuned in via LinkedIn. Uh, Byron from Texas. Welcome back, Byron. Great to have you here today via LinkedIn. The one and only Greg Lamont Hardy from San Diego, yeah. uh, California, and our dear friend, Chrissy Porter, Part of this movement, uh, she's also adding the link that um, uh, folks can find the comments to get behind it uh, and join us. Tim uh, Winter, I want to get Greg's take and Kim's take on, on on what Maureen has just shared. Kim, I know you're really familiar with what's been going on. Uh, tell us a little more about your connections there. Sure, sure. So thanks, Scott, and uh, yeah, great kudos to uh, to Maureen and uh, Enrique and the, and the team over at Vector for stepping up and uh, and stepping out and actually, as you say, Scott, getting something done. Uh, they uh, they hold a great uh, coven of of people uh, from around the logistics world and throughout the US, Asia, uh, especially Europe and inside Ukraine on these events. So I encourage everybody to join. We do. Uh, and everybody's looking to link up to make something happen along the extended supply chain somewhere. Um, in my case, I was in Europe recently and was just randomly fortuitous to, to run into uh, some folks from uh, Humanitarian Resource International Foundation, HRIF, run by a legend of logistics in Amsterdam, Max Beenstra. And he's been doing stuff in Ukraine since 1993, but he's running B2B full truckloads, full container loads out of Amsterdam almost daily into Poland. they got their own logistics get up and into Ukraine. So Max Beenstra and anybody who wants to know any about this stuff, um, they can they can join into Vector and this event. And I'm always on there, prepared to give details from that. Uh, also, uh, 
it is, uh, it is a really important outfit in Ireland called Aid from Ireland. A guy called Tommy Byrne that I ran into on LinkedIn, hooked up with the Mollers in the UK recently, and they're running uh, less than full containers, less, less than one truckload into convoys. The last one was 22 trucks um, out of Ireland, all free of charge, non-for-profit, no, no fees being charged, all the way into their own uh, containerizations in, and distribution centres in Ukraine. So pretty incredible stuff. And all these people are just doing it because they're a logistics community. They can help and they are helping. Yep. Well, hey, it's a beautiful thing, really. In light of the, the uh, humanitarian and, and beyond disaster from the Russian aggression, it's a beautiful thing to see these efforts come together. Greg White, I know that uh, we're passionate, and I know you're, you're certainly passionate about uh, giving forward and taking action. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm so, as as Maureen and Kim are, are talking, I'm thinking if there aren't some other things we can slip into some of those containers to help alleviate the situation. But uh, for now, let's focus on <laughs> saving those who are displaced or are having difficulties. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think this is a really important initiative and it's not terribly expensive. Thanks to Vector and Hopog Lloyd, um, you and some close friends could put some bucks together and sponsor a container. Um, so it's not overwhelming a few hundred bucks for a few people, you know, could, could really change, change things for folks over there. So don't feel like, you know, we've been talking about 20 and $15,000 containers. Those include profit and brokerage fees and all kinds of things. You can sponsor a container for much, much less than that. Thanks. Thanks again to the folks at, at Vector and Hopog Lloyd. So, um, you know, if you can scrounge together a few thousand bucks with some friends, you can really, really make a difference. Mm. And so. honestly, Greg, I think it's even a little bit less than that. You know, because of the rates from Hepag Lloyd, it's 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 really decent. And to give you guys a little bit of an example, I think the product from Performance Health did about 105 pallets that they're donating, and we're working getting those on the water this wow. week or next week. The the commercial value of the all these palace is about $450,000 just, and again, they're donating it. Um, so th that impact that they're having kind of when it gets to Poland and Ukraine is, it, I mean, it's way more than you could ever quantify, but their generous, generous donation is going to help a lot of people. And we're just really thankful that partners like that, that are like, we have this, you just need to help us get it and tell us who to send it to. And, and, um, you know, I wanted to definitely give them a shout out because that's that's not um, that's not a small donation, and not every donation has to be like that. But as an example, there's some really big hearts, and, and we're happy to have them as as partners. Excellent point, uh, folks. Join in the weekly session again Tuesdays, 11, and 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can find the links in the comments, and uh, you won't regret it. Uh, you won't regret it. You can find a way. I promise you to add to the effort uh, in all ways, big and small. Hey. While we're talking about um, you know doing good and giving forward and really being the change, Kim Winter, you Maureen and Enrique and Christ, Christy and you y'all all embody this. And I want to uh, give you an opportunity to talk about Oasis Africa. Uh, tell us about the good work this this organization is doing. Hey, hey, thanks, Scott. Look, just a, a quick grab on this. Uh, 2005, we were in happened to be doing some work uh, in Kenya. 
uh, ran into a bunch of kids who didn't have any schooling. They're all orphans, and we just happened to start a school for them. That was 17 years ago. Uh, what have we got now? 8,000 kids through the program that we wow. set up in Australia, tax deductibility. Uh, we're registering here in the Middle East as well. Um, so we're in and out of there a lot. We've got some big corporate sponsors. Uh, well, never enough, but, uh, you know, we've got thousands of people who have been involved with us over the years uh, and the all supply chain logistics community people. Uh, we've got kids now graduating uh, from, from 15, 16 years of the program who are now graduating with master's degrees in psychology and the like and support wow. services back into the Kibera slum, which is the fifth largest slum in the world, eight million people in four square miles, and helping the other kids out. And this is their initiatives with our support, but they're going in there to do it. So, uh, yeah, look, oasisafrica.org.au, oasisafrica.org.au. We'd love to have anybody want to come along and talk to us and help us support what we're doing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great uh, great outcome what we're getting there. Freedom from education, freedom from poverty, through education, mm. through education. Big impact, over 8,000 kids. Uh, so y'all check that out. We've got the link in the comments, uh, but as Kim mentioned, oasisafrica.org.au. Uh, Greg, I'm going to get your take on, on uh, both of these um, noble missions. But before we do, I've got a special little, looking back now, a little pre-birthday gift for the one only Kim winner. So Kim, I got an image here from what I believe was the kickoff of this organization back in 2006. Let's see if I can bring that up. Look at 27-year-old Kim Winter right <laughs> here. Man, kicking off. You've been, did you, you've been on Google. You've been on Google. <laughs> did you ever think on this evening that some 16 years later, your, your work would have benefited over 8,000 kids in such a meaningful well, way? Well, in terms of the team and the team I know that have helped us out and those three people there, um, then no doubt. I could have imagined it, actually, because I know the people around us are so powerful and they're so hardworking that, you know, I guess it's just one of those providence. But, uh, you know, it's the next out out 8,000 now we're up to. It is remarkable. And, again, yeah, Greg, Greg White, uh, you know, we, we've worked long enough uh, to know that me and you both love lifting up people that actually are investing their resources, their time, their money, their elbow grease into helping others across the globe. And these two guests here do just that, right? It's fascinating to, you know, how you find so many people who are so giving uh, all around the world, right? Of course, we have worked with Enrique for a while, um, both professionally and, and in these kind of in initiatives. And Maureen has taken the four on this. He um, leads by example. I mean, you got to take that. He he sets the stage to the precedent for the company. And I think it when you have leadership like that, it, it definitely, there's a trickle down effect, you know? Yeah. And likewise, Kim, you with your company um, doing, doing the same thing, really trying to impact and change lives. Uh, it's inspiring. I mean, it, and it's encouraging. Um, you know, to, to see people who can make such a huge difference. And, and what I love about it is they almost always start from almost nothing, just having seen a need and trying to solve that need and then discovering the greater depth of that need and continuing to expand that initiative 
it, it is it is really a testament to the fact that you can just start from whatever's in your heart and the smallest thing you can do and, and it it will build momentum right and if you have the right uh, you know if you have the right um, willpower you can get other people into it uh, you know you can get the the sponsors that that Kim yep. you and Maureen have all gotten into yours as well so well said. Well, I think it's living. Uh, it's living Scott's motto uh, that we'll hear at the end of the show today, and uh, and really, there's there's a huge bunch of people out there just looking for the opportunity and the lightning rods to be able to contribute. And I'll just put again, Oasis Africa has been thousands of people have been involved in it. Yeah, it's the supply chain community that have been right at the front end of that. Uh, love that, uh, Kim Winter. And so thank you again, Maureen and Kim, for all that you do and all that you've shared. So folks, you have lots. These are just two of the many, many um, really uh, great noble missions out there that you can find a way to help support. So um, we can't get, you know, 20 minutes doesn't, doesn't give any of this an, uh, enough justice, but let's, for the sake of today's conversation, I want to move forward because I want to get into uh, a couple of topics. Uh, the first, Greg and Kim and Maureen, is Supply chain risk. We're talking risks in global supply chain. It seems like it's been an hourly uh, conversation going back months now. So PwC has recently released its Digital Trends in Supply Chain Survey for 2022. And as our friends at CSA point out here, lots of interesting findings. However, Greg, as we talk about quite a bit, nothing probably too surprising for most supply chain leaders and practitioners. Uh, so in, they interviewed 244 supply chain officers. Uh, a couple things here. Uh, as expected, most see supplier operational issues as a major or moderate risk. Most find securing raw materials from suppliers as a major or moderate risk. And most also find insufficient diversification of supplier base for critical supplies to be a major or moderate risk. So, Greg, uh, based on your review of the data uh, and this article, what are some of your observations here? Duh. Um, that's, pro that's probably my biggest one. I mean, I think, um, look, I think it, uh, one thing I want to make sure that we do is distinguish between diversification and diversity of supplier. Diversification mm -hmm. is something we have always needed and always had the ability to do diversity as well, of course. But what they mean when they say diversification is have a plan A, and have a plan B, right? Don't solely source from someone in a risky area or don't, frankly, don't solely source from one supplier, one region, one country, whatever you, whatever. Um, always have a backup plan. I mean, the essence of supply chain is not cost saving as we have been taught for decades, even in supply chain uh, programs and universities. It's not cost savings. It is to deliver. And it is to do so by, and, and the only way we can do that is by mitigating all kinds of risks. Some of those risks are costs. Some of those risks are failure uh, in, in operations. Some of those are blind spots. Some of those are illegal or corrupt activities as well. And so you have to keep your eyes on all of those things in order to be able to deliver. Um, uh, you know, I think the, uh, to me today, from what I've seen over the last, 26 months, the biggest risk that we face in supply chain today is blind spots. Where's my stuff? Can I count on my stuff getting there? Can I count on you to 
source, produce, or deliver it, right? Th- those, the, uh, the I don't knows in supply chain are what kill us. So we need to have um, more insight into who can deliver, who's at risk of not delivering, um, and why. Mm. So, well said. Uh, yeah, you know, I think aside from everything that you read in this in this survey, you have to take it up a level to recognize that supply chain is not a cost saving exercise; it is a risk balancing exercise. Yep. The I don't knows will kill you. And that reminds me of my youngest son, Ben. His, uh, I hear probably about 17 times each, uh, <laughs> each weekend day, spending time with him, ask him a question. I don't know. I don't know. And that's D-U-N-N-O. Right. That's the proper spelling for that's it. That's right. right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, Kim Winter, I'm going to get your take first, and Maureen, and we'll have you weigh in. What stood out to you? I know that you're, uh, you, you and your team are actively, you know, you got your finger on the pulse a number of different ways. What stood out to you? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Scott. Uh, so, me, uh, the two words are glue and um, what's at the bottom line. So, following on from Greg's uh, functional and strategic analysis, <laughs> what I with my glasses on, is where are the people, what decisions are they making, and why Why are they doing what they're doing and what is the problem that they're causing, mm. or why are they doing mm. what they need to do to solve the problem in these very, very dynamic and disrupted times. So just coming back to, to, to what you're talking about there, Greg, which is, you know, 100%, is behind all of that, we have these massive mega trends taking place at the moment, uh, dominated by a massive shortage of talent. I'm trying not to use the word massive too much, but significant, <laughs> significant Australian thing. Um, and what we have is we have this, this incredible shortage of people being able to be in the right place at the right time to make the decisions to get the freight through and get the su- supply chain happening in the, in the right place at the right time. So, so what I'm seeing is behind those stats, and I've read the whole, um, the whole uh, survey and report, is we're seeing enormous resignation, the, the great resignation, um, which is very prevalent in places like Australia and New Zealand at the moment, kind of small part of the population of the world, but I'm sure you're getting it in the US. I know it's in the UK as well. So people are leaving for a whole range of reasons. Is it triggered by COVID? And we maybe can talk about that. But a lot of people now want to be consultants, consultants, contractors, interim managers. They want to move out of the cities. They want to get out of the offices, originally for health reasons, because they were told to get out because of COVID. And now we're seeing this really distributed talent force around the place and often not enough people actually on the tools, in the workplace, in the warehouses, on the ships, in the aircraft, in the restaurants, servicing people. Mm. So what we're seeing is this, this incredible uh, gap between what's required in the supply chain and what's being supplied. I don't know what you're seeing, uh, Maureen, uh, in terms of you guys are right in the middle of it. You're running a very diverse uh, logistics organisation. Well, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of gaps because of the shortage of talent. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're seeing, I mean, one of the, when I was reading this and, you know, you guys were talking, I was kind of going through the article a little bit more. I think like what Greg said about supply chain being about balancing risk, I think, um, you know, I I work with, 
you know, a couple like my customers, let's say I have a group that just says, you know what, whatever we need to do, let's get it on the water. Let's get it shipped because they remember what happened with COVID where all your eggs are in one basket. And then, like we said, there's no diversity in where things are coming from. And they, they were in a pickle, right? They're, everything's on the other side of the ocean. Everything's shut down. And then mm-hmm. we were all buying stuff. So there's a lot of, let's say, stockouts. But I do have some customers that have really sh- kind of short-term memory. And they're like, well, I don't know that I want to ship it yet. I think rates are going to keep going down. And I'm like, look, you always have to, let's not forget, I'm hoping there's not another situation like with, at the level of COVID, right? But your stuff is all, all still in the same place, one place. Shanghai is in lockdown. There's all these other things. What kind of curveball is going to come in? And if you haven't chosen to diversify where you're getting your things from or your supply chain by adding some different origins or different metrics, you know, with your customers, I think that there is a huge risk. And I'm I'm talking with a lot of people who are forgetting kind of what happened before and we're kind of reverting back to our, our old ways, like the pre-COVID way, instead of looking at, okay, let's diversify where we're getting our stuff from or our lead times, or maybe we want to do things, just kind of thinking a little bit outside the box in terms of how do we move forward and, and balance that risk. Um, I think Greg's right. You don't study supply chain in the book and learn um, about risk balance. You learn more about efficiency, you know, is it um, specialization or or not? And is it is it cheaper to have one place to get it versus multiple? And I think the risk balancing is hasn't quite caught up with the uh, the textbooks yet. Um, but I think Greg has a has a good point. And you know, if anything, the past years has shown us that for sure. Agreed. And I know we all want it to go back pre COVID, and maybe some folks are fooling themselves that it's going to go back. But yes. it's not, folks. I got late breaking news for you. Um, okay. Even, so, if, even Scott, even if it does, even if the supply chain stabilizes, everyone knows what supply chain means now. They can't, they can't forget that. They can't unknow that. And so we are at the level of recognition in the world that sales and marketing are. And that's forever. Right. And think about what happens to companies when their sales don't come through or their ad programs don't work. People get fired, stocks <laughs> right. collapse, right? Mm. And, and supply chain is at that level now. So you can't hide in the shadows anymore. There are no dark spaces right. in the supply chain anymore. So it's kind of nice to talk to people and their eyes don't glaze over when you're like, I work in supply that is chain. Nice. That is like, true. And, uh, and they just turn away. Like, I don't know how yeah. to respond, you know? Well, the, the pickle Maureen mentioned that many, fi- many folks find themselves in is not of the delicious variety. It is of Aunt B's <laughs> kerosene pickle variety. So just so y'all know, um, let me share this. A couple quick comments here. Femi, great to have you here today via LinkedIn. Says sourcing materials should be multifaceted as sourcing is strictly never saving costs, but the efficiency of delivery. Excellent point there. Femi says uh, managing supplier performance should also be critically uh, and regularly and consistently looked into. Kavan says multiple sourcing instead of single sourcing while ensuring those critical items are reasonably outsourced as we will compromise the ability of our business to deliver products to our customers. Uh, Benson, I appreciate your feedback here. Says quite experienced, educative knowledge sharing thoughts about what supply chain 
is not. So great job here, panel. <laughs> Michael says, we, we used multi-source internally, also not just from outside suppliers, but within our own warehouse distribution network to make sure we could deliver as promised. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mark. John Perry with a t-shirtism, Greg, specialization leads to extinction. How about that? <laughs> okay. So, so much to comment on there, uh, Greg, Maureen, and Kim. But I want to move forward because uh, we've got one more uh, great, uh, really interesting, relevant uh, development to uh, get everybody's take on. And that is what's going on with uh, the palm oil industry. So, Greg, uh, from one of your latest supply chain summaries, of course, we'll get Kim and Maureen to, to weigh in in just a second. Um, tell us about Indonesia's palm oil export ban and what's going on there. So, I mean, it may have even changed in the last day, but uh, recently they had to ban exporting palm oil because they couldn't get any supply in their own country. So, um, of the 45.6 million tons of, of palm oil that Indonesia exports, they themselves consume 16 million tons. So, a third of their production and what was happening was the palm oil companies were sending it overseas because prices were so high. And it, it's a staple item in Indonesia, right, for recipes and, and other products there. It's also, this is one of the most destructive products on the entire planet, right? It, they are burning millions of acres of rainforest to produce more palm oil, just like um, but Brazil is burning millions of acres of, of, of rainforest to produce more soybeans and soybean mm. oil. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, a product that's had its troubles to begin with. The problem is there aren't any practical options because palm oil is in everything from cosmetics to ice cream and all kinds of products in, in between. If you if you think you're doing good for the environment, don't eat margarine, right? Uh, um, and there are very few alternatives right now because soybean oil, even though uh, Argentina is the largest producer of soybeans in the entire planet, they have their own internal issues with consumption. And so they have cut back their exports dramatically. So that you can't use that. Olive oil and other oils, uh, sunflower oil, guess what? 80% of all sunflower oil production is, occurs in Russia or the Ukraine. Mm. So there aren't a lot of options. Prices are really very high. Ultimately, I think um, that, that palm oil will be, um, it will be begin to be exported again. But I couldn't help but think what a great opportunity to try to wean ourselves from palm oil, right? Use butter. Use animal fat, use whatever, but and hopefully we can get sunflower back on track. As a kid from Kansas, the sunflower state, I'm a pretty big <laughs> fan of sunflower oil. Um, and 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 that is a not, by the way a non-destructive crop and very easy to grow. I can tell you that those things they just pop up anywhere it's sandy and hot. So mm. um, there are a lot of options. I was, you know, the point of this article, which I do these kind of commentaries three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But the point of this was palm oil is a bad thing anyway. Maybe it's a great opportunity for us to 
to start to wean ourselves off of it. Um, I saw in the comments of, of the discussion that I had, uh, someone suggested that we, um, that we start to, that companies should have recipes that accommodate other types of oils when either price or availability becomes an, op- an issue for some of the other oils that they use. I'd love to see us a lot less reliant on soybeans and palm oil. The Agreed. two most destructive products for, you know, um, helping us offset greenhouse gases because millions and million, five million acres destroyed uh, mm. to, to accommodate these crops. Well, so Maureen, I want to get you and Kim way in here, but really quick, here's a, did you know, because some folks may be unfamiliar with palm oil. And uh, I want to share this from the World Wildlife Fund. Uh, so all palm trees, which is kind of what we just shared, these berries, um, they were brought, they're native to Africa, but they were brought to Southeast Asia just over 100 years ago as an ornamental tree crop. But get this, mm-hmm. now Indonesia and Malaysia make up over 85% of global supply, although there are still 42 other countries that produce palm oil. So what when Indonesia, which was the purpose uh, of, of Greg's discussion here, when they take action, they're you know major, major uh, market player there. But Maureen, Anything on palm oil, on, on what Indonesia is doing? Any, any thoughts here? I'm going to be honest. I'm like not very familiar with palm oil in terms of what I consume that has. I mean, I use a lot of butter and olive oil when I'm cooking. So um, we don't really use margarine, but I'm sure that there's also environmental aspects to those as well. So yep. um, but yeah, I was trying to read your article. I don't, I'm not, and I don't know if any of the makeup I'm sure some some of it has palm oil in it, but yes, um, I don't. I didn't. I don't ever buy it at the store um, as its own bottle. So I don't know if you do. You guys cook with it normally, or it's mostly an ingredient in other products. Okay, yeah. or, okay. or in biofuels also. By the way, okay. it's in about it's in about fifty percent of what you buy. Pro. So the two words I've got for you, Scott, orangutans. Mm-hmm. orangutans as in obama on the world's greatest national parks on netflix great series because orangutans <laughs> all think this is a palm oil unfortunately yep. and processed so 50 percent maureen of what you read on packaged foods in yeah. any supermarket anywhere in the world has got palm oil in it so i've been hunting it out for 20 years the third word and I'll let it go from here is get onto natural foods. As Greg was saying, yeah. hunt out the natural products no matter what you're doing and save yourself because palm oil will kill you sooner or later. I'm going to, I'm going to check out what they look at on the ingredients. Cause I know we've done a lot of looking in the it's house there. on like uh, high fructose corn syrup, but it has like all these different names that are on the ingredients. So you don't cool. necessarily, so I'll look to see what it says. They'll put vegetable oil. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. All right. So, uh, Greg, Maureen, and Kim diving into uh, palm oil and, and really um, quite a situation we find ourselves in. But, you know, I'm con- we're going to find an alternative. But, you know, Greg, to what you put in your summary, you know, you'll get manufacturers, and, and I can't quote you. I'm sure you'll correct me if I get it wrong. But we'll get <laughs> manufacturers' attention when it impacts the top line and the bottom line. Is that right? Right. That's okay. right. All right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, we we have to be more aware, and we have to stop doing it. Indonesia is not going to. I mean, th- this is one of the worst-run, most pollutive and destructive countries on the entire planet. 
right? Something like some huge percentage of all plastics in the ocean come from Indonesia as well, by the way. Um, they, they're, um, they maybe don't have any choice, but nonetheless, they are one of the most destructive nations on the planet. And they are not going to do anything about it while there's a business for it. And to the point that Michael Averett made, when they moved those plants from Africa to Indonesia, they actually grew better in Indonesia than they did in Africa, just like kudzu when they brought kudzu from China to the southeast of the United States to, for, to alleviate erosion. It grew 10 times, literally 10 times as fast in the south as it did in China. You can literally watch kudzu grow. I've done it. I'm definitely afraid. Someone actually just commented about kudzu. Yes. Um, So Michael Rivera, yeah. uh, T squared says the new abnormal in supply chain management is further cemented. Uh, BAU and SCM never really existed, but the pandemic underscored the point. BAU acronym BAU. That that that's not striking me this morning. T squared. Um, T squared. Fill us in. Um, okay, and we also got something from Moses, but I'm going to leave that there. It looks like uh, we got some uh, miracle medicines <laughs> out there. All right, so Greg, Maureen, and Good Winter. Um, business as usual. Business as usual. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Business as usual. It's a great call out, Maureen. And by the way, Chrissy says, search for clean and bath, clean bath and body products as well as skincare and rule out products use palm oil and other harmful ingredients. She's got a link there, so y'all check that out. Um, we've got just a couple of quick minutes here. This always goes by fast. Um, I really enjoyed the front end of the conversation focused on Oasis Africa and certainly leveraging logistics for uh, Ukraine. Thank you all both for you and your respective teams for what you're doing. We're proud to support it. You know, you give from what you have. And, and certainly one of the things we like to do is try to give it as much visibility amongst our uh, global ecosystem as we can. Uh, really quick, as we wrap Maureen, how can folks connect with you? And again, get plugged into what Vector's doing. Um, You can go to VectorGL.com, go to our website, and you can find um, our tab about Ukraine. You can sign up for our uh, live stream each week through there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't think I'm private, but I'm not like a public figure, so you have to request to find me. Um, And then if you want to reach out to me over email and you kind of fumble with my email address, just try me at Ukraine at VectorGL.com because there's only three of us on that email distro and I'm one of them. So um, would love to hear from you. Even if it's not about Ukraine, definitely reach out um, and I'll put you in touch with the right person if it's not me. Wonderful. Thank you, Maureen. And um, you bet. Always a pleasure. And then Kim Winter, Beyond Oasis Africa, of course, uh, logistics executive. Uh, um, How can folks connect with you? Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, Kim Winter, K-I-M-W-I-N-T-R, LinkedIn. We love LinkedIn. Big part of our uh, executive search business and uh, also our consulting business probably. So Kim Winter on LinkedIn or Logistics Executive Group on LinkedIn, Logistics Executive Group or Logistics Executive, the hub of your supply chain. So all on LinkedIn and Kim Winter or Kim W at logisticsexecutive.com. And you can get me anytime, day or night. As you can see, here we are in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's not it's right. It's birthday. That's all right, Kim. <laughs> Celebrating Eve with a celebratory yeah. shirt, you know, two kilometers from the world's 11th largest port, Jebel Ali. <laughs> uh, Scott, Jebel Ali Port, TP World. Yes. Thank you, Kim. Uh, 
Uh, that is a word, you know, hey, there's a, there's only about 18,000 words that give me a hard time. That's certainly one of them. Uh, but really appreciate and admire um, what both of you and your organizations are doing. Um, you know, kindred spirits is certainly how we've gotten through uh, and camaraderie and, and taking action and then helping others, how we've gotten through to the last few years. And again, uh, y'all really epitomize that and always a pleasure to reconnect with y'all. Um, all right. So, Greg, right here at the end. Folks know now how to connect with Maureen and Kim and get involved. Uh, you know, we, co- of course, encourage people to take action, do something, right? Right. Your final thought here before I sign off. Um, I mean, I think w- what we've discovered is it's really easy to get started. And if you can't do something, if you can't start an initiative like Maureen and her team and Kim and his team have done, particip- find one that motivates you and participate in it. One of the biggest challenges is everybody wants to have their own initiative, but we don't, in many cases, need a new initiative. There are plenty of initiatives that can that you can contribute to and make things happen. And it's a lot less work, and it's still every bit as satisfying because people like Kim and Enrique and Maureen, they keep you informed of how your funds are being used, and you can count on them to do the right thing. Well said. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, as as Jeff Francoeur says about 17 times in each Braves telecast, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Love Jeff. Um, all right. So big thanks, uh, Maureen Woolslogger with Vector Global Logistics. Big thanks to Kim Winter with the Logistics Executive Group. Always a pleasure. Two dear friends. Uh, Greg, love having these conversations with you. Big thanks to Chantel, Amanda, and Catherine behind the scenes helping to make today's production happen. But folks, whatever you do, thanks so much for showing up in the comments. No, we couldn't get everybody's comment, but thank you. Appreciate all uh, what everyone shared. Um, Scott Luton challenging you to, hey, be like Maureen and Kim Winter. Do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And on that note, we see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.